see gently sneak into the house under the transom there like some strange poison gas from some lost and gone world. Bring it up. Say, speaking of poison gas, I have been I have been noting with some interest. Dun, 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 dun. I've been noting with some interest the fantastic proliferation of deodorant commercials on every conceivable medium and of every conceivable type of deodorant. That's all I'm, you know, it's just unbelievable. And, uh, well, no, it isn't unbelievable. It's believable. Because <laughs> all you got to do is turn on any channel, any night, and then there it is, you know. They're going poof. Every place you go, they're squirting each other. By the way, uh, do you remember the great boo-boo on the commercial at the time? It was on, on uh, one of the big network shows. It was one of the first gigantic total fiascos that ever happened on network television. When they first had network TV, how many of you remember that? Speak of uh, great... Do you remember that time? It was on, uh, I believe, the Milton Berle show. And one of their sponsors was a deodorant. And... Uh, the deodorant that they had was one of the, you know, there's always a constant battle in these deodorant commercials. One group says that uh, the dry deodorants go all the way, and the other says a soft, soothing cream deodorant, you know, that, that is the only way to do it. It soothes your skin. And so this particular show had, and this is a network, of course, this particular show had as a sponsor uh one of these deodorants that come poofing out of a little thing. So he goes poof like that. And uh, the guy said, uh, and it was live, you see. This is this is one of the reasons why everything is taped now. <laughs> and uh, here they are, 5,000 stations, and it's Class A time, and everybody's waiting, and uh, it's the biggest show in the world. And the guy says, and now, friends, here's uh, the, whoever the announcer was. He says, and now, friends, uh, Here's why you should get rid of all those old rotten, stinking, cream deodorants in your house. And then, boom, on comes the wrong commercial. But it wasn't the wrong commercial. It was for another deodorant, which was totally anti the deodorant which they were selling. It would be as if the Ford Motor Show came on with a beautiful, fantastic Chevy commercial that denounced Ford's. <laughs> Oh, I flipped. I'll tell you, I was sitting there. I, I uh, How I happen to know that, see, uh, I was I was uh, working at a TV station, and uh, my TV show came not long after that in, in time. That is, in, uh, it was about two hours after that, and I was sitting there watching a monitor, working with some guy, and all of a sudden, I came to the wrong commercial. And uh, it just played all the way through, you see. And uh, when it was over, the uh, the announcer, he didn't say anything. He just sort of, sort of looked a little funny. You remember, speaking of announcers, I'm going to ask you a question, speaking of trivia. G you know, we're, we're developing our own mythology in our own time. It's a very important mythology anyway, and we live by it. And uh, I'll ask you some genuine trivia questions. Uh, it just occurred to me. What was the name of the announcer who was very big? He was on everything. Such a fantastically big announcer. And he was on a lot of these big shows. Like you hit the ding dong, bang the wingy, uh, bop the buoy, and 
Oh, you know, there's thousands of game shows. I don't know whoever watches those, but they were, they used to be on Class A time. You remember people took game shows seriously and they were on at night, like, uh, to tell the truth and all that stuff. Well, uh, his name was George. It still is, no doubt. You don't remember an, uh, a big announcer named George? He was on all these... I'll give you a clue. He was particularly on the Groucho Marx show. Now, uh, I'll ask you another one. Uh, I, I, there was an announcer who did all these Chesterfield commercials, and they were done live. And he had kind of odd-looking eyes, so sort of a... He looked a little bit like a vaguely dissipated Arnold Palmer. And uh, he did these commercials, but he was really in, in actuality an architect. And after he made a pot of dough doing Chesterfield commercials on all these different live shows they used to have, he went back and you know, I guess he's architecting. <laughs> what was his name? He's very famous. These guys were really big. And uh, how, who was the who was the newscaster? It was a guy that came on who was a newscaster all the time. Uh, you know, this was before Dave and Chet made it big. And there was a newscaster who would come on all the time. He had this big flower in a buttonhole. And he would say, Anna, good evening. Who was that? He had that strange high delivery. And then he would say, And that's the news. A good evening. Who was that? A good evening, everybody. Come on. This was back in the days when no self-respecting newscaster used any less than three names in his name. In other words, his name was uh, Charlie Wesley Brown. You just didn't call yourself Dave and Chet. <laughs> this was back in the bombastic days of news. When H.P. Coltonborn was still around. By the way, that was his delivery, too. I could do that pretty well, can't I? H.P. Coltonborn and the news. Yeah. Now, good evening. But uh, these are all part of our time. And, uh, oh, speaking of part of our time, uh, I, I, uh, the reason I mentioned this deodorant, only in America. Now, it's finally happened, friends. I mean, let's assume now that the two major concerns in America today are hair. That's the other commercial that you see. Uh, 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 hair, fantastic hair commercials. Hair and deodorants, right? And so we want to salute America, who's finally achieved the final, final statement in the deodorizing world. And then... Finding solace in democracy, marching forward up the great ladder of progress, man in these United States is reaching, ever-reaching for the total, ultimate, antiseptic beauty. And so tonight on our American Moves Forward moment in our vast program of public service, we would like to salute the tiny community in Wisconsin, Beloit, Wisconsin, the first in America to do what eventually all major communities will have to do if we truly believe in deodorants. Friends, do you smell the way you think you should smell? Do your friends smell the way they should smell? Aren't you glad they don't? Or aren't you glad they do? Or aren't you glad you tried Aren't you glad you did it? And aren't you glad now for 24 hours you can do everything? This is Rocky Marciano. All right, all right, gang. Now listen carefully. Tonight we want you to 
to mull this over because we've felt for a long time, you know, so I'm getting my H.P. Carlton porn voice here, we've uh, felt for a long time that true progress never really happens in the major cities because there's too many fist-fighting dissident groups. That's why New York City today remains the oldest and truly the most archaic city in America. It's truly an old-fashioned city. It's the only city where garbage piles up in great drifts on 6th Avenue, just exactly the way that it piled up, let's say, on the average street in ancient walled London. At about the time the Celts stopped painting their ears blue, they still piled the garbage up, just like the way we pile garbage up. And uh, the sewage system in New York, which from time to time gets fantastically uh, aromatic. And for those of you who don't know uh, one of New York's more interesting uh, phenomena, particularly in the summertime, that the, as you probably are aware, or maybe you've heard rumors, New York has a larger dog population than people population. And, uh, well, a uh, good hot day here in New York, and uh, the sun is hanging high, and you understand that the, when, when, the, when the mayor, whoever he happens to be in at the time, keeps hollering it's fun city... He's talking about the fun that comes from being a broken field runner. That uh, it's a lot of fun to run down, say, 6th Avenue trying to catch a bus, and you're, you're threading your way. You're hopping like some nut going over the, you know, going over the uh, stepping stones of a rushing river. <laughs> you make one false step and forget it. <laughs> Listen, you know... <laughs>
floor of ballroom type people all dancing the minuet with the... <laughs> well, all right. I'm just telling you the truth. I'm laying it out. I'm... Bad news. Uh, speaking of the truth, uh, well, I think we ought to salute America in that. When you mention... When you mention important things, of course, you, you just got to bring in the bring in the flag, bring it up there. Oh, forever and upward we are marching, marching. Forever, ever upward we will go. Ho, ho, ho! That's not a bad little song. Yeah, speaking, uh, that reminds me. Speaking of marching upward, this is W O R, Dad, and uh, we're in uh, Fun City. You be sure to bring your rubber boots here, though, when you come. And, uh, but uh, nevertheless, I was at this beautiful restaurant. We're all sitting around, and, uh, and uh, the waiter, this, this waiter he comes over and he says, uh, Reed, you have some drink? And, uh, of course, everybody orders a drink. And we'd all gathered, see, from various parts of Fun City, various parts of the Hoti Mondi world, had uh, gathered. And that, uh, or is it Hot Monday? Or is it a Hot Mond? But uh, anyway, we, <laughs> we had gathered. I'm sorry. We had we had gathered in this little gathering there, and, uh, and they brought the they brought the martinis, and it was just about that time I began to detect an aroma. It was not really an aroma; it was an aura, an atmosphere, just hanging over the table. And I could see funny looks coming on the faces of all, all these elegant people. Ten of us sat there. And, uh, well, I just won't carry it any further. <laughs> I don't have to. <laughs> and somebody, somebody, somebody on the way over had made the wrong step. And it just, just killed the after whole, whole afternoon. This is a bad lunch, and it just didn't work out good. But, uh, these things, uh, these things you take in stride, and uh, you know it's part of modern living. That uh, we must salute Beloit, Wisconsin. However, I repeat, friends, if you think that uh, that uh, New York or wherever it is you're living here in the East is really on top of it, I I'm going to again propose my famous inverse theory of progress. That the that the more a city is applauded, and it's green-colored around the edges. Do you feel that other people are enjoying things more than you are? And I mean real things. I mean total things. Like, uh, have you noticed, Have you noticed, for example, in commercials when they show guys driving new cars? Wouldn't you like to find some of the roads that they drive them on in those commercials? Where the sea is eternally off to your left, and those trees are waving, and this chick is driving this, you know, this wide-tracking monster, and her hair is floating back in the breeze. There's never any traffic. There's never any trucks that cut them off and guys that yell at them. None of this stuff. No, no. No, that's it. Like the other day, I saw one of the sad little sights you see constantly everywhere you look. There was a brand-new two-seated sport car. I happen to be a sports car driver myself. But it had in... uh, very high-styled stainless steel lettering on the side, Tigre, Tiger, the little arrow running through it, an umlaut over the E, Tigre. And there it was. It was up on its front wheels, 
and a battered Brooklyn tow truck had hoisted up the back end. The rain was dripping off of it. I mean, that's the total defeat of the dream, friends. I mean, the total defeat. Because most of the things we buy, we feel that it will now fill in the chink. It will now make the difference. A guy that buys, for example, a tapered, wasted Edwardian suit feels that magically he will become tapered, wasted. (laughs) When he ultimately turns out actually to look like a bowling pin with ruffles. Oh, yes, the girls are constantly... I wonder how girls react to the new commercials, you know, that maintain that girls have come a long way. And if you get the right cigarette now, you're making the final statement, not like the fat ones that men smoke. Who wants to smoke fat cigarettes that men smoke? You know how men are. And, you, you know, you buy this package of cigarettes and you... You start smoking them. It clouds up your contact lenses. You know, the filter gets caught in your braces. <laughs> you smoke three packs, and you turn out still to be a chick afterwards. Nothing's happened. General Motors hasn't called up to make you chairman of the board, you know, and do the fun things that men do. And these are problems. I know one man, one, in fact, I, I talked to a lady the other day who was so bugged, she's organizing a new campaign. She wants to go and burn down the, uh, what was that famous suffragette's name? Susan B. Anthony. She wants to go and burn down the Susan B. Anthony Memorial. She says that Susan B. Anthony fought to bring equal rights to ladies. And she says and now she's the victim of it. She's working 15 hours a day at the agency. She has ulcers that start about three feet above the top of her head and work all the way down into the ground. She's been fired eight times. She keeps getting tickets on the Long Island Expressway, just like men. And she's bugged. Well, of course, this is part of the dream. And we'd like to tonight salute Beloit, Wisconsin. Now, you'd probably think, being a true Easterner, but Beloit, Wisconsin, is a city wallowing in uh, rustic verities, right? How wrong you are. In fact, the only place I know where rustic verities pertain are in the East. Where little old ladies down on Hudson Street collect oil lamps. You know, and they, they oh yeah, you go up and down Greenwich now, and you, you buy almost anything uh, that was thrown out of a farmhouse 40 years ago. It's now being sold on 3rd Avenue for maybe $200. You know what doilies are going for down there? You ought to see the guys that buy the doilies, but that's something else. That's another problem. We won't even get into that. In fact, some of the nicer ones are making their own doilies, gangs. (laughs) Even making shirts out of them. But that's another story. And so tonight, we would like to take this opportunity to salute Beloit, Wisconsin. Beloit, Wisconsin. The city council in this southern Wisconsin community has now authorized the purchase and the first known in the United States of a giant citywide 
spray deodorant. <laughs> now listen, think about that for a minute. Beloit, Wisconsin is the first city in the entire country to totally deodorize itself. Municipally. A giant spray deodorant. And uh, to make sure, <laughs> it says uh, the $5,000 unit will be attached to the sewage disposal plant downtown and will blow beautiful atmospheres all over the city for 24 hours a day for one year. Now, it just had to come. It's just got to come. Now, now, not that. What is one of our other fears now? What's the other fear that, uh, that man has? Smelling bad, white? That's one fear. You know, I suspect eventually there will be city, city-sponsored dating bureaus. How's that for a prediction? I mean, no, I'm serious. P people today are constantly striving for... Uh, government or federal or local aid for whatever needs they've got, right? And so now we have Medicare. That takes care of you if you've got a bad knee. We now have uh, Social Security. That, you know, that takes care of you if you're scratching. You've got, uh, you got uh, unemployment insurance, all these things. Well, what is it that really bugs people? Well, especially in the big city. Finding a chick, right? Correct. Well, who is who is who is keeping happiness, true happiness, away from the citizens of New York, right? All right, this non-progressive city administration that does not realize the true needs of the Martys of this town. I say, and I say today, and I tell you as a candidate for the office of mayor of the city of New York, that every Marty in this town will have a date one week after I get in office. Every marsher in this town will have herself a doctor. And I'll tell you this, there will be no lonely people in New York City. The Bureau of Federal and State and Welfare Matrimonial Adjustment will be underway one week after I get in office and give you true Social Security. What's not by social money? I'll know. You need Social Security when you're 65 and too old to enjoy it? No. You need Social Security when you're 22 and go to CCNY. And that's what I'm going to give it to you. Social Security. reasons, uh, I, I just hope that tonight's salute to Jersey uh, warmed the cockles of your heart and it made you feel a little better and uh, lean up that big herd. <laughs> not easy. I mean, I, 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 I'm, you know, Chris can see it's not easy. Bring up those bugles, please. <laughs> 
I see how soul-filling and satisfying this was, wasn't it? You know, it's just chock-a-block full of deep, rich nutrients. And I'd like to point out that tonight's program contained our new secret ingredient, Exilero, which, uh, if uh, taken often enough and taken uh, in regular quantities, as prescribed by your doctor, will eventually prove to be the answer to most of those aches and pains which have been troubling you in the lower back region. So uh, I would suggest, <laughs> I would suggest, friends, that for the next 24 hours, let's uh, cross our fingers and maybe you will be safe. I would also suggest that you buy yourself a tin hat and uh, get in shape and, uh, you know, uh, buy yourself a pair of track shoes. You may be just that. Safe. So, hooray, hooray. Large shirt all the way out now. Goodbye, gang. Thank you.